Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Kelly Backert, owner of Core Boot Camps and Core Bar and Yoga in Bel Air, Maryland. Kelly, welcome to the show. How are you today? Thanks. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're super excited to have you on today. Um, before we you know, dive into the business, how you run it, first, tell us about what made you want to open these studios in the first place. Sure. So um, my background, I have a degree in psychology, but I've always been someone since my early 20s, it's kind of exercise and I like to move my body just not only fit for physical, but just because I don't, I have a lot of anxiety and helping move my body helps me with that. So um, I started working at the Y of Central Maryland, gosh, back 2005 or something like that. And um, I started out as like a personal trainer. And then I started to take like, then I started in group fitness and then I did, um, I started to become a health coach. And so it just kind of was a gradual, gradual thing. And then what happened was, I started to kind of get a larger audience where people were asking me to come into their homes and personal train them. People were asking me to come to their business and teach fitness classes for them. So it was just this gradual progression. And then I was starting to rent space in different places. Like I would do fitness classes in a park or in, I did it everywhere, in schools, in daycare centers, like in the bottom of churches, like in people's garages. So I was everywhere and I knew that I needed to find a space. So it was kind of something that it, it was a gradual thing that happened to me. And it was, it was, it was really cool. So I was, I was really excited that I was able to find a space. And then that was five years ago that I found core boot camps, And then I opened up core bar yoga, I guess it'll be a year in March. So, um, so I have both of the studios now. That's awesome. Okay. So for the listeners, give us a rundown of each studio. Like how would you, you know, describe it to someone who's never been in before and kind sure. of the service offer? So um one of the main things I guess I'll before I you know, I'll answer that, but before I want to preface it with um the reason that I'm able to have two studios is because I have reasonable rent. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is if we could have like, if this podcast has a name, it should be have reasonable rent, (laughs) like find a good landlord, because honestly, not only through the pandemic, but even now after the pandemic, the after effects, a lot of local gyms are closing around me. Like it feels overwhelming to me, quite honestly. So many studios have had to close their doors a little bit of because of that. But I honestly think it's just because, um, when you get in a situation where you have really high rent, you don't understand that there's going to be, when you open up a space, you don't understand the other things that go are behind the scenes, the other things that you're going to have to pay out. Um, I think you just think of, okay, um, contractors are employees and rent, and you're not thinking about websites, software, credit card fees, um, advertisement, marketing, social media, like you're not, these things add up wipes for your gym, sanitary things for your gym, then the equipment, then, then what are you like providing? Um, I mean, little things like t-shirts and, um, and so, you know, and marketing things like that, all of these things really add up. So sometimes I think it's really important to have, um, a reasonable rent. 
which I'm grateful for. So at core boot camps, what we offer is we have two kind of different, we have two rooms, I say, like the boot camp room where we have um weights and we have like we bring out a variety of different equipment. So we have, you know, the body bars, the BOSUs, the steps, um, bands, um, mini bands. We have all of those things. We don't have heavy equipment. This isn't like a 24-hour fitness or like a, a Bally's or a, you know, a planet fitness or an anytime fitness. This isn't where we have big pieces of equipment. That's not kind of that's not the gym that I have which I don't even really call it a gym. I just call it like a fitness studio is primarily fitness classes, right? So um, obviously if someone was listening to this and they wanted to own a, a gym like that, then they would have to take into consideration the equipment in that space too, as terms of um, cost, right? So I'm thankful that I don't have any of those type of big machines because that cuts down on my cost. And it isn't something that I wanted to do anyway. We're on a main street, so we are smaller. Um, and then- we have another space that I have um, 17 spin bikes. So we have the spin studio. So um, I have a total of 13 instructors over there. And then myself, um, we run classes all day, 5.30 a.m., 6.30 a.m., um, 6 a.m., um, 9.15, noon, 5.30, 6.30, weekends. You know, we offer it all. Um, and then down the street, I got this. I was like, you know, as I'm getting older, I want to move my body differently. And I noticed that in my county, I did some research and most of the people that live in the county that I, and the area that I'm in, and this is something that maybe studio owners or gym owners would want to look into as well, is what is your clientele? Well, most of the people that live in my county are 40 years old or older. So the primary audience is that. So when you're getting to those ages, sometimes um, they want to do a different kind of workout. And because I'm all about just helping people move their body, whatever way works for them, I decided to open the bar studio, the yoga studio. So maybe it's like a yin and yang. So we can slow things down a little bit. Um, and that has been, when I compare my first year at core boot camps and my first year financially at core bar yoga, it's hands down core bar yoga. And I find it very interesting because that's not my background. And I brought in all those people, but it's still more successful because I'm reading the, I'm reading the trends, right? So the, there's bar, there's a big trend for that. Um, boutique studios, there's a trend for that. I'm watching the trends. Um, we just recently, this past week, which is so funny, I'm on this and I'm sorry that I'm talking endlessly, but uh, <laughs> I will take a breath, I think. Um, but we just had a, a gym recently, a big gym has pool, has um, two basketball courts, has uh, a preschool in it, has indoor outdoor pool, it, it closed down. And so I'm getting an influx of clients right now, but it's interesting to me because what changed in the environment, if people are listening to this, is there's when Planet Fitness came and offered $10 memberships for that bigger space, it switched everything. You instantly knew as a person that's in this arena that everything changed. And um, because now you're either that type of gym that's offering that low of membership or you're going to fail. And, um, so it's, um, and there is another facility that's, um, doing well that offers all of those things and is very high end, but then it's high end. Like they offer, you know, marble in the bathrooms and the warm towels and we have saunas and we have, you know, 
we have, um, they offer like summer camps for kids and they offer, they have a trampoline park. They offer like, they have a big um, turf field that's indoor that they offer like soccer. And so it doesn't mean it can't happen. And like, if that's something that people want to open up, but just realize kind of like what's going on out there, like what is going to be your offering? What really can be your price point? Who is your audience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is that for you? So it, it kind of seems like now you're either $10 a month and it's super cheap. And so they can have a ton of people or you're that high end ticket yeah. where the planet fitness person doesn't want to go. So where do you find yourself now and how do you market to that? Well, it's very, it's really interesting because I'm working up against a lot of franchises, right? So we have the F45 around us. So I have, I'm working, it's Mark Wahlberg here. Okay. Like I'm going to lose, <laughs> I'm going to lose. Right. I mean, come on. And I mean, so you have these spokespeople for these franchises and obviously I'm not a franchise. I mean, core boot camps is my name. Starts with a K and Kelly Backer, right? So, I mean, I just made up that name. So not a franchise, obviously we have Orange Theory pretty close by. That's another franchise, right? It's very well known. You have celebrities, you have people that are high end talking about it. So, um, so their price point is higher than my price point. Mm-hmm. So they're high They're My price, I feel like my, my price point is, um, is, one of the lowest in my county, but it's not, we're not talking 10, $20 a month. We're talking $80, $90 a month. And then when you can have a dual membership at both, if you want, which would be a little bit more, but I feel like I'm kind of, and it's unlimited. So those places will have something like, well, you can pay $70 a month, but you can only do two classes a week or something like that. No, you can market yourself like that. Again, it all depends on where you are. So I know some owners of some cycle studios um, and yoga studios, and they're in the city. So they're more in Baltimore. They're in the city. I'm in a suburb. So they're in the city. So their price point can be higher and they can limit it. They can say, yeah, you're going to pay $180 a month. And yeah, you're only going to get three times a week. Like you can do that depending on where you are and what your market is and what your age group is. And, um, and what your rent is. So I think that, um, I think you just have to be aware of all, like all of those things. I, I can do that. I can provide that a little bit lower of a price point because the, my first studio core boot camps has excruciatingly low rent. I lucked out and even my second studio I got creative. I turned a, an old real estate office into a bar yoga. <laughs> like we knocked down walls. We took out, and I, and I did it all on my own with friends. Like we knocked down walls. We took down doors. We put down flooring. We repainted. Like we created like the realtor that showed me the space. He goes, you want to do what with this? Like it, it, he's like, that doesn't like, I'll show you something else. Like he was like, he couldn't believe it when he came back into it. So I had to get creative in my mind. The core boot camps used to be a children's art studio. So like I had to, I got really creative with the space. Now that's not always the case, but for me personally, um, I couldn't, nor can I now afford a strip, like a strip mall, like a strip mall type of place. So where, where the orange theories are, where the F45s are, because I'm not a franchise. I'm just a one man show. I have no investors. Now I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, 
just being careful and being mindful of investors. I've had people try to invest with me and they instantly want to take control. Okay, we're changing the name. Okay, we're changing the instructors. Okay, we're changing the schedule. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, we're not doing any of that. Um, but it's sometimes you'll have people that say, it's it's one of those things where you better trust your instincts, right? Because if something feels like a like, oh, this doesn't feel right to me, trust that because you will have people offer you money and you'll need that money and you'll want that money. But in long term, I have found that it's just been more beneficial. I have gotten, you know, a couple loans from banks and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm doing it on my own. Now that again. If you're working with someone that you trust and that can be an investor and you want to go big and you need to have that that money, um, I always just tell people just to trust their instincts with that. And if it feels funny to you, it probably is funny, right? So you have to be careful about who you get involved with because they might say to you, which is what happened to me, I sat down with a guy initially and he said, oh, I just want to spend my money somewhere. And um, and I really like you. So, and then what happened was immediately at that meeting, and he was going to give me something like $10,000. Like it was ridiculous. So at that meeting, all of a sudden he was like, I don't like that name. I don't, did, I did it. And he starts, and I'm like, like instantly I was like, no, 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 no. Like you just said you wanted to give me $10,000 and like I was going to run this um, and like obviously pay him back or however he wanted to invest in it with a percentage or whatever. Like he, I don't, we didn't even get that far because I was instantly like, yeah, that doesn't work for me. So know yourself and realize when you're starting out, like I, one thing I think that was good about me is because I was willing to do the work. I mean, I spent, <laughs> I spent years working for someone else. Yeah. I spent years, which I learned a lot. I spent years um, working on my own, renting space at different facilities, going to parks, going, building, building my, building myself up. And now I'm building my studios up. People don't even know me when I walk in the door kind of so to, and I love that feeling because now it's not about me it's about the studios it's about the space now it, so there's a difference between some people who want to make it about them um and they want their name on it and they want it to be primarily them and there's people who want it to be about the community want it to be about their instructors and that's kind of where I fall so you can figure that out as a as a as an owner like um kind of just ask yourself who it is that you want to be, I guess. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. I love that you got, you know, scrappy. You were like, I can do it with low rent. I can, you know, see the space that a realtor can't even see the potential in, but you did. And I think that's, that's really unique and really cool. Um, and good advice for listeners. Like, you know, even if someone else doesn't see your vision, it doesn't mean it's not possible. Um, so Absolutely. Nobody saw my vision. People were telling me when I left one of the gyms that I worked at in this area, I mean, the, the lady called me in and she's like, I know, so she was awful. She was like, I know so many people in this town, you're going to fail. I mean, it, it gets scrappy out there. I mean, people, people don't um, always have your best interests, but all I do is work hard. Like I work hard. I, I don't think that I'm like, um, 
I don't know that I'm the best at what I do, but I work harder than everybody else. And I am someone who is, I'm very creative. I'm very scrappy. I'm always looking to, and I, we do a, at both studios, we do a lot of offerings to the community. We do a lot of free stuff. People, there are some gym owners who will shy away from that, that that's not something that they want to do. It works for us because we do a first class pass for free. It works for us. Our turnover is huge. If I can get you in the door, my turnover is huge. So that works for us. $30 for 30 days works for us. There's a lot of fitness centers that are like, I don't have to do that. I don't want to do that. And that's awesome. It's just really, really it's all trial and error when you're a business owner. It's all about failing. I just, I'm not afraid to fail. So I just throw things at the wall. Let's try this kind of class. Let's try this. Let's do this. And then if it doesn't work, doesn't work. And if it does, awesome. Then we know we can move forward in doing that. So um, that's been, that's something, again, if, if you, if, if someone's listening and they decide they want to do something like this, it's, it's, um, know you're going to fail at some stuff. It's totally okay. As an entrepreneur, you like basically just have to get used to like failing every day, <laughs> like failing every day at something. So, um, but I don't mind it because it's, 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 it's like, oh, okay, just shift gears. Okay. That was just a learning experience. Shift gears, shift gears. I'm constantly, you know, you're looking ahead, looking at what you want to do next month. How can I change that? How can I make that better? Um, Hiring really good people is important. People that are really behind your philosophy, they're loyal to your brand, what you, and I have that. I have the best team, the best team at those studios. It's, I don't know how lucky I got. I think it was just because I'm super authentic. And so then I was just like, I just kind of lay it out for them. Like, this is it. Like, this is what it is. And so, and, um, some people aren't on board with what it is. They would rather work for um, some of the fitness centers have like pre-programmed workouts. Like you follow a script. Um, we don't have that. Um, everybody creates their own class. Every class is unique. Every class is, I mean, it's every class is different. So um, that's another thing that kind of makes us unique um, in that way as well. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad you found a team. I think when you put out authentic energy, you like attract it back. So I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. But when it comes to marketing, um, what have you learned there? Like what's worked for you really well um, and what hasn't worked so well? Um, <laughs> really, when you have, so there's a difference between people think that social media followings equates to bringing them in your business, bringing them in your studio. And I thought that for a long time too. And I was very like, I felt like I was letting myself down. Like I was like, gosh, I'm all over social media. I'm posting on local boards, like Bel Air fitness, Bel Air, um, you know, small business, uh, like local Facebook pages, local things. And I was doing all of these things and I still do those things. Um, but, um, I might see a local, another local gym that has like, you know, a million followers and we may only have a thousand followers, but I have found that that's not what bring pe brings people in. 
What brings people in is that first class pass, getting them in the door, making them feel welcome, making them realize that they belong here. I almost tell them that they do. You know, I'm real. I'm very positive. We have a great community. So that's helpful too. my instructors are very um, we say people's name. We remember people's name. We say it throughout the class. Very encouraging when people hear their name being said, this is a big deal. People like to hear their names. You have to know that psychology right? Psychology. So, um, so you, you, um, you offer a reasonable price, you, you do that. But the one thing is, is it's word of mouth. It's a hundred percent, at least for what I've known and what I have felt over the last years is have people friend referrals, have people bring in their friends. It's word of mouth. It's getting them in the door. It's word of mouth. They, I have people who like all my stuff on social media, like they're the top award on the social media. They've never been in the studio, never been in the studio, or they'll be like, um, and they're, and they're, but they're very active with me on social media. They, they, they go somewhere else. So I think we think that it equates to that, but it doesn't necessarily, doesn't mean you don't have to have, like, I'm very much a presence. I do, we do the reels. We do the you know, we, we do all the things, we show our videos, we market, we, um, we, but and it, that's awesome because it's all free. I don't do anything paid because first of all, nobody reads print and second of all, anymore. And that's a waste of money. Nobody should be doing that. Um, and as you get better, like I'm, I start to get asked to be in things like, I was on the cover of a local magazine. I was um, featured in um, a local, like an, I was called I-95 magazine, which is all up and down like the 95 corridor. I was just featured in that core boot camps, core bar yoga. So it's, you'll, as you start to gain a reputation and you get yourself out there, we do a lot of things with the local businesses. So wherever you're at on your business, like let's say you have a, you know, a smoothie place down the street, or you have, I have um, a running store, like it's called Charm City Run. So we do a lot of free stuff with them. Hey, can we offer a yoga class, a running yoga class? Yes. Can we offer a cert, like a, a cross training class for your people? Yes. Okay. You get on their social media and then all their followers start seeing you. We do things with the independent. We have a we have a really huge brewery down the street. We do all kinds of things. We bring our bikes down there in the summer. We do spin classes outside. We do boot camps outside. We do bar classes outside. We do yoga outside with that brewery. We do um, so it's all the local businesses. We we cross. We can you. That's the cross social media. That way, that way people are. I mean, that brewery has so such a big following. So when they post about you and they tag you, I don't care that I'm doing that class for free or I'm losing money because that is golden for me to be on someone else. That's how you expand because you're being seen on other things. So sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to do that because that doesn't make me any money. I'm like, oh no, sometimes it loses. I lose money. But I don't care because I want to be on their social media. And when I'm on their social media, people click on it, people find us. So that's all that's been a huge thing for me. It's just wherever you're our, wherever you're located, get to know the businesses around you and ask to cross to cross market with them.
Yes, I totally agree. I think networking is crucial. Like we can sometimes be afraid to reach out to other businesses or we don't want to put ourselves out there, but I think so many doors open up when you can really network with other people, not even in your industry, but other entrepreneurs. So I think that's yes. really good advice. Yeah. Um, so what are your goals now um, with both studios? Where do you see them in the next six months, a year? You know, what are you working towards now? Well, that studio, that big gym, that local big gym, this gym has been open for 40 years. Like it just closed. So I'm getting like an influx. Wow. So that's really great. Cause so we'll see a lot of growth from that. However, um, I'm opening another studio. Now I think like this studio is going to be, <laughs> it's going to be bike. We're going to do a little bit of biking, a little bit of weights and a little bit of TRX. So it's going to be kind of like, uh, I have like this imagination. So I'm trying to find another space. Um, I have not found that space yet. Cause I'm super picky. Um, again, I have to have low rent. Um, and that in people will be like, well, what does that mean? Like, what does low rent mean? Well, low rent means whatever it means to you. But for me, um, uh, you, I mean, you'll have your own budget. Everyone has their own budget. So you can figure out what's going to work for you and what doesn't, but just know that, um, everything's going to cost more than you think. And, uh, and once you get in, the only thing that saved me, well, when I, I went, we added live virtual classes before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So when we, we did that in December, because I saw the Peloton, I was like, oh my God, everyone loves this thing. Look at these commercials. These commercials are badass. Everyone's loving this. And I'm like, we're doing live virtual class. We're doing it. And they're like, I'm like, not every class, but we're doing it. And my instructors were like, what? I don't want to do this. But then when March came, we, our gym had to close. We, all of our, all of our clients knew how to do it. All of our instructors knew how to teach it. And it was just transitioned like this. And I made more money that year than I ever have. Wow. We started getting people from Virginia, from Delaware, from other places. So we created such a great we did it so well that we started to get new people and then other places, other yoga studios, other studios kept calling me. How are you doing this? What do you do? Cause we already had it in place. So get ahead of yourself, pay attention to what's trending and don't balk at it. Don't be like, Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a trend. It's going away. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's something that you can incorporate think about it see if it makes sense with what you like for me it just made sense i was like huh and we didn't do it big we only offered it a few classes a week and then when we did the switch over and so now we still offer it and we have a big following so like every every morning at 5 30 a.m you could jump on in a class i have the people in my studio and i'm live virtual and we have more people live virtually than we do in the studio. Oh. So it's like, you may have 20 people in the studio, but you might have 30 at home. So we have 50 people in that class, but oh. that, but we couldn't fit 50 people in the room. Like we are only, we can only fit 25. So it's, so it's interesting. It's like, I just expanded my gym, but I didn't like it's so it's it's interesting. So you got to think I'm always I'm someone who's always thinking I don't bulk. And if it didn't work out, what if it didn't work out? I didn't put a lot of money into it. I had um, 
I bought a webcam, a computer. I already had a laptop computer and we got this old TV that we see them on and we put it up in the wall. Like it, so we didn't spend a lot of money on it. And we, we never spent a lot of money on it. I, we added a few features here and there to make it better sound quality and like stuff like that. But honestly, we haven't put a lot of money into it and it's, so it's, it, it worked out. It doesn't always happen that way, but um, that's, I guess that's something that I would, I would suggest to, to um, people is be kind of like mindful of, of what, what's going on, you know, out there. Yeah, that's really smart. And what great timing to start a virtual thing right before. I mean. so great timing. And my instructor, there was one instructor and I, I still give him a hard time because he's like, he sat there at the meeting. <laughs> he was like, I don't like, he was so anti it. And I was like, look, we're just trying this. Okay. Like I was, it was so funny. And now he like, I still kind of just push his buttons about it. Like, <laughs> I knew, but, um, uh, and I, and there recently I got rid of the software company that I was using. Now, when I say software company, it's how people pay through the credit card and how they sign up for classes. It's a very popular, um, company and I got rid of them and I, we have our own app now. So, um, because of the fees, the fees and the, so be, do your due diligence with that type of thing too, is is it really the best company, even though everybody's doing it? Is it the best company? Is it going to give like, like what are like, it's so you have to, um, you have to pay attention to that as well. And how much you're going to pay your instructors and how much that does that equate for at the end of the month and, and things like that. So I think you have to pay attention to all, all, all of those things when you're thinking about, um, what your cost is. Yeah, totally. I think that's really good advice. Um, if you could boil it down to one thing or a couple of things that you would tell someone who wants to open their own gym someday, um, what advice would that be? A lot of our listeners are, you know, aspiring gym owners. So if you could give them yeah. a word of wisdom, what would that be? Yeah. Um, use your own intuition. It's stay you, stay you, even though I just said, follow the trends. I didn't really mean it like follow. I mean, pay attention to the trends, but stay true to yourself. Because if you're like, for example, like if I decided, well, I'm going to start offering a Zumba class. Mm, Zumba is not my thing. Like it, it, not that all of that, like it's, it's, it's not that you couldn't, but like stay true to who you are, right? Trust your intuition on things. If it's a no, then it's probably a no. When you're hiring people, when you're when there's an investor, always just trust trust your own gut instinct, and then just um just know that if you've just chosen to do this, that it's going to be like this. Even when it's like this and it's really good, it's like this. There's always the ups and downs. So just keep working hard. Keep realizing that it's an all, it's just an ebb and flow. And that's what being an entrepreneur is. And as long as you're okay with that, great things are going to happen. It's when, um, and realize that people are going to come into your gym and they're going to leave your gym. They're going to come to your, don't take it personal. They'll come back. <laughs> they usually come back or exercise is a very hard thing to sell because it's not, people go in and out of it. I'm not selling you a luxury vacation. I'm selling you hard work and um, a lot of sweat. So it's like, you have to be able to know that people are going to come and go and you cannot take that personally. Yeah, I think that's that's really good advice. Um, 
That's that's a good point. You are selling them hard work, not a vacation. So. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to sell what we're, we're selling. This isn't, and um, you know, it is. It's difficult, and most people like um, there's a lot of coming. And people have people's lifestyles change as they they get older, and as like okay, like I've had good clients for a while, and then they had children, so they went away for a while, then they came back, and then. They had a, like they had a circumstance in their life. They left, then they come back. So there's an ebb and flow. You can't take it personal. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Sometimes it does feel like a hamster wheel <laughs> that you're chasing, but yeah, don't take it personally and, and just keep going. Yeah, um, Kelly, where can we find you? Where can we follow along on social media? Um, um, website. Yeah, you can be. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram. I think we're on Twitter and all those things, but we're mostly on Facebook and Instagram. And it's at Core Boot Camps, which is like a K. So K-O-R-E, core boot camps, and then core bar and yoga. So both of those are separate on there. Um, and then you can follow me too, because I post all the time. Um, it's Kelly Backer. So yeah, you can you can find me um, um, or you can find us on, on any of those places. And if you have, and if, if anybody wants to do a virtual class, first class is free. <laughs> so Ooh, you can that. jump on, like you could totally jump on. I mean, you can just Ooh. do a class, you know, you don't have, you can be wherever you are in the world. So yeah. And do they just go to your website for the, yeah, you can go to the website or you can download our app, which is core fitness, K O R E fitness at any of the app stores. You can download that and you can do it through the app or you can just do it through the website, which is corebootcamps.com, corebaryoga.com. Awesome. Thank you again, Kelly. I'm definitely going to check that out and hope all of you listeners um, check it out as well. Again, that's Core Fitness. Thank you again, Kelly, for being on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Absolutely. Um, To all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Ben from Super Slow LA out of California. What's going on, Ben? How are you doing today? Fantastic, Emily. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. Now, before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at Super Soul LA, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Well, uh, this is an interesting story. Uh, I described the gym as for those people that may not like to go to a normal gym with, with groups of people. They may not want to spend the time. They don't want to have people looking at them. All of the above, they hate, maybe don't like to exercise. We're a one-to-one gym that allows people to have no excuses. They just have to drive to our facility. They have 30 minutes they can carve out to do an exercise. And we push them hard. And that's, what, that's, the, that's the magic of super slow. 
Um, we started the business 25 years ago because there was no facility in West Los Angeles, none. 25 years ago, the only thing that was there was maybe um, 24 hour fitness or an LA fitness. We're a spe specialty brand that, that really focuses on seniors. That's, and there wasn't a model for them. And so that's why we started. Um, we saw the need, we put it in a location, we built the business. Now my partner, who's my wife started this 25 years ago. And I came into her life about 10 years ago. So I've been involved in the organization now for 10 years, but Susan, my wife started it and built it and the rest is history. Because we were unique, there was all kinds of opportunities to be on local television morning programs. Mm -hmm. And so like Shark Tank, people went and saw this on local. I want this. I want this. And then we, we took off. So now 25 years later, we still in the same, same location, same uh, methodology, and we've upgraded some of the equipment. But with that's the same principles. Yeah. So where does the, the name Super Slow LA come from? Uh, Super Slow LA, we're, we're based in Los Angeles, number one. But the Super Slow is a method of training, going 20 seconds for each rep. So it's 10 seconds positive, 10 seconds negative. So imagine for a moment you're on a regular leg press, and in 20 seconds, maybe you can do 10 reps. That's the way it's made. In this particular exercise it's one rep and we do it purposely slowly and the machines are made to go smoothly when they're done slowly so that's the magic um and people just don't believe that all of a sudden they're in between they're they're working slowly and all of a sudden they get stuck well the muscles are not moving it it's just we go to total muscle fatigue that's the magic of super slow and once we do that, we go in, we hold it for 10 seconds and we go on to the next piece of equipment. And we do a, a eight, eight different exercise uh, routine, sort of a circuit. Uh, we may change it because a client may say, I want to try this first. This is the hardest. Let me get this out of the way. As long as we cover everything, there's no re, there's no, you have to do it this way. So it's, really all about them. Most important thing in Super Slow is safety. Number one, in the 25 years, not a person has ever gotten hurt. That's thousands of people that we've seen. So we're really proud of that one statistic. So you mentioned that your sessions are only 30 minutes, right? That is correct. Okay. And how often do your clients come to see you? Once a week. So... 30 minutes once a week. Talk to me about why you decided to go just that 30 minutes instead of a little bit longer. Well, the main reason is when we go through the circuit, they're totally exhausted at the end of 30 minutes. That's why it's only 30 minutes. Truthfully, Emily, most of our clients that have been with us more than three months are at 20 minutes or 18 minutes. Because the goal is to 
be done with each exercise in a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. um, I do the circuit in eight minutes and I'm totally wiped. Can't do any more. And I also do demonstrations where I show people, look, I can put any machine at 40 pounds. I can do that with one finger, but let me show you how it works. And when I do it super, super slow, after two and a half times, I hit total muscle fatigue. So it really isn't about the weight as much as it is about the speed. Our body is not used to going that slow, just not. It, in fact, it reacts in a way where it engages all the muscles, all the muscle fibers at once, slow, medium, and fast twitch. Bingo. That's the magic of it. Yeah, so with you having a very specific target audience of the older generation, talk to us a little bit about how you get people in the door. Because you've been in the industry for, you said 25 years, I believe, right? Right. Um, the fitness, fitness industry has evolved. And especially like when it comes to technology and social media. So what are some of the things that you did in the past for marketing? And how has that had to, to change over time? So in the past, we had a brochure and we had a, oh, just a website that we sort of created in the beginning. We, we didn't hire anybody really. We just put it out. We went through the tools. A few years ago, we pivoted, we created a brand new website, got new videos, new photos, talked about some of the questions that people most often ask. I answered the questions. You know, I would ask the question and answer it because there are five or six questions that people ask when they walk in the door. So we answer that. We're now using SEO or search engine optimization to get our name out. We do a weekly uh, weekly post to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, every, every week. Um, we do a once a month newsletter uh, on MailChimp that goes out to 900 people. And, and sometimes it takes time for people to get the message. So we may have the same list. And more and more people each month open it up. We also, when they come on the website, there is a sign in. Do you want a free consultation? Our goal is if we can get you in the door for a free consultation, you kick the tires, you decide if you want to do this, you'll sign up. Uh, we usually bat about 90% when somebody walks through the front door. Um, Retention is the key to our business. And as I told you about retention, I came up with a specific protocol because one of my clients said, I'm not getting anything. I don't think I did anything. And I, because I showed her her stats and I said, all right, you just got off this machine and barely can move it. I'm going to put you on the exact weight that you came in 10 weeks ago. Now, you ready? And you go, yes, use your left leg only. She looked at me, she goes, what? Use your left leg only. And she was able to just push it out so fast she couldn't believe it. So she signed up again. What I realized, you have to show somebody 
that's because this works so gradually because we don't put the weights on. We're not putting 20 and 30 pounds. We're doing two pounds, four pounds, maybe six pounds max each week additional. So you may start off at a weight that's 100 pounds, and all of a sudden within 10 weeks, you've doubled your weight and you can't believe it. But you don't know. You wouldn't even follow the weights. It wouldn't mean anything to you. But it means everything to me because I know you're getting stronger each and every week. Did I answer your question? Yes, you did. Thank you for explaining that. Sure. Okay. So just to kind of summarize what you said, so you used to do brochures. Um, now we you're still, more into Google SEO. We, we do just do, we still do brochures. People walk by the studio. There's a TV on the outside of the window in the inside of the window that shows what we do slowly. Cause if you walk yeah. by, you're not going to, you're going to see just gym equipment. That's not the truth. So we have you look at the video and then we have a brochure on the outside. So we still use a brochure. Gotcha. Okay. And then you're also doing a little bit on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Is that something that you do yourself or did you, have you outsourced that to, to get somebody else to do it? I, outs I outsource that. Okay. okay. I, I, I know what I'm good at. I'm good at marketing and pivoting, but I'm not good at setting up things. So I'd rather pay somebody that, that specializes in that. And we go over, she'll send me the, the drafts and I, I'll, I don't like this or I want this changed. And so we may change a photo. We may change the, the, the wording, but overall she sets up the content. Right. Okay. That's good to hear. So you outsource to an expert. Yep. So what's your role now in the business? Cause I know you're actively like still training your clients. Um, but kind of give us a brief overview of what your day to day looks like as the owner. Well, on Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm there at six 30 in the morning. And I train from six 30 to six at night, Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, and I'll see some somewhere between 24 and 30 people in a two day period. But remember it's only half hour. So right. I can spread it out over time. Some people are working till four, four thirty or five o'clock. They can only come in later. Some people can only come in before work since it's my business. I make those hours with them. Um, then on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm marketing the business. I'm going and doing network. I'm involved in BNI, which is business network international. Um, I'm an officer there every week. I talk about little gems and those are my sales force. That's what I do on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. I'm involved in a couple philanthropic endeavors, Rotary and the Salvation Army. Through those, people want to know what I do because I'm giving. And so that's how I get new clients too. And uh, that's what I do. And and my life, I can, I can pick and choose. I meditate. I do lots of different things during the week. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your goals. Okay. And how you want the gym to grow and change. That's my question for you is, is there anything specific that you guys are working towards this upcoming year? Because I know that, you know, you've been in business for a long time. Would you say that you're good where you're at in terms of like overall growth? 
or is that an, an area that you still want to pursue? I'm always looking to grow the business. My goal is to have a waiting list. That is my goal. If I could have a waiting list, I'd hire more people, open up an additional facility. I'm willing to invest in the growth of the business. But, uh, and I'm excited about it. I I think we have uh, room for 25% more growth okay. uh, general. Uh, and I want to do it gradually, like two clients a week. That's what I'm doing. And two clients a week is manageable for me and for my staff. It could be more. We could probably handle six clients a week. And we're talking, when you add it over a month, six clients a week, that's 24 additional clients. Mm -hmm. And you think about it, it's 12 hours more, right? Because it's each half hour. So I got to figure out where slots are. So let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about doing semi-private PT or small group training? We do sometimes have couples come in or close friends. Mm -hmm. um, but it, but the key for me to manage their safety, remember they're on load, sometimes it's heavy and it's timed. It's hard to focus on two people. So, uh, and it's not big enough for two trainers either at this particular time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're examining many different things. Again, I hired a physical therapist. Maybe she'll do physical therapy there at, in the future, you know, because people are in accidents or they're get, they feel they've gotten injured. They go to a physical therapist. Well, we have one. And so the transition would be a lot of physical therapists send us their patients because they're comfortable with our training methods so that they won't get re-injured. Now, they may have went to a CrossFit gym and got injured there. So they're not wanting, they don't want to go back to where they were injured. And I'm not saying anything, not bashing CrossFit, but I'm just telling you a lot of our clients are former people that have done, quote unquote, a CrossFit type of circuit. Mm -hmm. As you get older, your body doesn't respond the same way. You'll find yeah. that out. You'll find yeah. that out. <laughs> Okay, so it's almost a good pl place for us to wrap things up here. I have a few more questions for you. Okay. Um, how do you know, because you mentioned earlier that maybe you would want to expand into a second location. How would you know when it's time to start to look for a new building to grow into? Well, I think I keep the location I currently have. Okay. Uh, it's, it's in the perfect place. It's in the demographic we are serving is the community within four miles. So I wouldn't, I don't think I would ever give up that place. Uh, but there are other, if we became so crowded or if one of our trainers had the, the ability or decided to wanted to open up their own location, I can see me partnering with them. What I would do if there was a new location, I would just be the marketer. I know how to market this business. I'm the spokesperson for it. I'm, and I'm the passionate one about it, about this specific training for adults. 
So wherever the location is, I don't think, I, I think I would help in the marketing because in any business, you need six months to move from start to finish when you're opening. You can't, you can't immediately plan on opening the doors and you have people. You have a six-month window. You got to have the money behind you and you have to have a plan. That's the way I feel. A lot of businesses that start off as gyms or trainers that want to open up a gym, they're out of business pretty quickly because they thought it was easier. But you have a brick and mortar, you have rent, you have equipment costs, you have lights, you have all the expenses that go on it. Uh, you have to be able to afford that. So in the bank to have six months of backup. If you don't, it's not, it doesn't work. All righty then. Well, this is a really good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find us at superslowla.com is our website. My personal email address is benjamin at superslowla.com. And uh, my cell phone, if you want to leave a text, is 310-944-8084. And it'll be my pleasure to give any of your viewers additional information. I'm a good resource to have. All righty, Ben. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and really looking forward to seeing what you're going to be able to accomplish down the road. Thank you, Emily. You're welcome. So to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host, Adam Chop, and today with me is the one and the only Matt Thornton with Straight Blast Gym out of Portland, Oregon, originally. Matt, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks, Adam. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and sounds like we got a lot of history behind this facility. I'm super excited to dive in. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, um, go ahead and open it up to the listeners. Tell us a little bit about you, your experiences, you know, what got you into this um, style of movement and, you know, how your gym came about. Sure. I was always fascinated with martial arts since I was a little kid. Um, and for whatever reason, I was 
fascinated primarily by the question of what works and what doesn't work in a fight. So I was interested in functional fighting. Um, when I left the military, I, I started training in an art called Jeet Kune Do Concepts. And this was in the very early 90s, end of the 80s, became an instructor in that and was basically boxing. Moved to Portland, was boxing at a pro-am boxing gym here and teaching little Jeet Kune Do Concepts. I started to get a little disillusioned with that. And around the time I became disillusioned with that, I happened to meet uh, the Gracies through Fabio Santos, who was one of the original students who happened to be living here in Portland. And then eventually Hickson uh, fell in love with it, uh, opened up my own school in 1992, uh, been teaching Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and functional martial arts ever since. So it's been about 31 years and we've branched out across the world. So we have about 70 total different training locations and about 20 to big, you know, large gyms like my own. Uh, my original gym, which is still open, is here in Portland, Oregon. And yeah, and that's that's what we've been doing. Awesome. 70 gyms. That is, how does one manage all that? Well, you know, it started organically. I never sought to have multiple locations. I just started teaching. I put out, I produced some videos that came out in, uh, in the 90s called Aliveness, which a lot of people um, found interesting and agreed with what I was having to say. They contacted me. They became students, started doing seminars, flying out to there, having people fly in here to train with me, and just started opening up different facilities. Uh, we have them all over the world in the UK and in Ireland. Some of them are more. MMA focus. I'm most people know the gym through our uh, Dublin, Ireland location, where of course Connor McGregor is one of our fighters. But we've got locations in Birmingham and um, uh, Georgia and the UK and yeah, various parts of the world. So it just kind of grew on its own without me having to really plan it that way. Man, that's great and love Connor. By the way, he's a little uh, untraditional and uh, but I love it. Yeah. Um, cool. So let's kind of dive into, you know, more of, you know, the, the passion, you know, what to you, what does, you know, the MMA, the, the jujitsu side, what, what does that mean to you? Like, what, what does that give you in sense of, you know, like why, why did you decide to do it? Like, you know, is there, is there like an underlying passion of, you know, you just wanted to teach the concept to others? Or it's just something that you got really good at and you're like, all right, well, let's run with it. Yeah, I didn't even set out to teach. So my reason behind opening up my first gym was just because there was no place to train. Like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu schools, MMA schools didn't exist at the time. There was no other place to go. And so I started teaching for the only reason I started teaching was to have training partners. And so I used to, you know, do as much training in the class as I did teaching and um, that was that was my sole motivation. I fell in love with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It was everything that I was looking for in martial arts. You know, people talk about martial arts and being able to use another opponent's energy or being able to beat bigger, stronger people. And most martial arts are bullshit. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the real deal. And, it um, you know, you can do it and train hard in a, in a way that's not going to break your body down, like boxing and kickboxing and some of the other combat sports do. And... Over the years, I've, you know, been motivated by different things. And these days, I think I'm primarily motivated after doing it for 30 years of seeing what a positive impact jujitsu can have, the process of training combat sports, but in particular, 
jujitsu can have on people, all kinds of people, young people, older people. You know, my gym here, we have 700 and some odd members, and I have coaches here that are in their 70s. I have students as young as four and five. I have students in their 70s and everything in between. And I think it's just a really, you know, when you have the right environment, you have a good culture, it's a really positive experience for just about everybody. And so um, that that's my continuing motivation is being able to see people get better and prosper. Yeah, that's, that's uh, amazing. You, you know, 700 members in one place, and that's just one of, you know, 69 other studios. Um, and I love the background. You know, I, uh, I was only in it for a very, very short time. And a lot of the things that I found was, you know, the conditioning, like you mentioned, like it's, it can change your body. It, it you know, it's, it's not necessarily you're just training to fight or training, you know, to hurt someone. It's like the skill set, the, the, the mental toughness that comes behind it. And obviously the physical toughness comes behind it. And, you know, I, uh, I applaud anyone that, you know, goes down that because it's, it's definitely more than what it seems out to be. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so Matt, with, you know, straight blast gym, you know, um, you touched on, it's more than just fighting and this and that, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people can benefit from it. We, you know, what types of people do you see? And obviously, you know, the, the pros and, you know, the, the skilled fighters and things like that, but like, you know, for like, maybe like a general pop, you know, like the people that come in, what can they expect from like your facility? Like if they're looking to just increase cardiovascular, you know, they're looking to try something new to kind of get, you know, physically, mentally fit in some way, shape or form. What would that look like for somebody walking into one of your facilities? Sure. So everybody that comes into the gym and is interested in training or signing up here, we always have an an interview process in the beginning. And we talk to them about why they're signing up, what they're motivated by. And I have a amateur fight team here. You know, some of our gyms, like I mentioned in the South and and overseas have big fight teams with professional fighters, but 99.5% of everybody that's a member at my gym, just an everyday person uh, who Primarily, the main reason people say say they sign up is because they want to get in shape and self-defense, kind of a combination of the two two things. And um, so I think that what we do here is perfect for them. We bring them in and we we have them go through an introduction program at the beginning. You know, most people quit in the first 60 to 90 days. So we we walk them through the process of what training is like, what our culture is like things they're going to need, things they're going to need to understand as they train. And we slowly build them up and then move them into a regular group class. Um, And it seems to work well, you know, so somebody that's had zero experience when they walk in our gym, they're going to be taken from step one through a very methodical process um, until they get to the point where they're able to step on the mat and train like everybody else. Love to hear that. So, you know, for, uh, to clarify for everybody out there listening, you know, Anybody that walks into your facility, it, it could be anybody. It could be anybody. a 300 pound person. It could be somebody that's 60 pounds and, you know, could break a bone by punching something. You know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily who you are. It's, it's, you know, the reasoning behind what you want to do and the steps and the skills and everything else that you're going to learn along with it. 100%. You know, one of the myths that I used to hear in martial arts was some people are born fighters and some people aren't, which, um, which I, I've never believed that. I think anybody who puts their mind to it and trains continuously can be taught. And so anybody that comes to us, it's coachable, no matter where they're at, what uh, what level of fitness they, they're in at the time, 
they put in the work, you know, they can they can achieve a reasonable degree of skill as long as they show up. That's the key. They got to show up. Yeah. Um, so anyone listening out there, you know, uh, this is for anybody, not just a skilled fighter or, you know, somebody that's got uh, behavioral issues. You know, it's it's one for all and all for one. Um, cool. So you, you touched on, you know, some self-defense. So, you know, a woman or man or whoever, a kid, uh, an elderly adult, um, somebody that comes in, you know, kind of walk us through like some types of things that go on during like the self-defense class. Yeah. So they're going to first come in and I just wrote a book on this topic that comes out April 11th called the gift of violence. And so I've been, most of the podcasts I've been doing have been related to the book. And in that book, I cover, I think, everything anybody needs to know when it comes to interpersonal violence. And every year, about around the world, about four times as many people die in interpersonal one-on-one -on -one violence or crime and, and uh, murders than die in all the wars. A lot of people don't realize that. And if it becomes physical, if things get to the point we actually have to, to become physical, the martial arts that work are all combat sports. If it's not a combat sport, it's probably a bullshit martial art. And the reason behind that is because combat sports care about the result. They care about winning. And so because they care about winning, they've always had a functional epistemology, meaning they have an opponent process. They train in a live matter. And so any combat sport, I think, is going to be good for people. They get a feeling of that feeling of aggression and pushing and pulling and how to free yourself of all the combat sports, I think Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in particular is probably the most useful for everyday people because, you know, if you're in a situation where you can't run away, you can't escape, can't, can't get distanced, and generally that means the other person's hanging on to you. They're holding on to you, they're grabbing you, especially if, you know, you're dealing with a woman who's, you know, dealing with somebody who's trying to rape her or something like that. It's going to be physical pushing, pulling, grabbing, and oftentimes end up on the ground. So, grappling of all forms, standing grappling and grappling on the ground becomes super important. But that's the last piece, right? There's a whole process of being aware and paying attention to your surroundings and knowing what to what to look for and what not to look for and listening to your own internal voice that we all have these primal instincts within us that have been evolved over millions of years, learning how to listen to that. So we talk about all of that in class and then we slowly work with people um, and over time, they learn exactly what they can and can't do. You know, when somebody is trying to hold them down in a headlock or sitting on their chest in mount position here at the gym, they're really trying to hold them down. And if they escape, they actually learn how to escape. And there's no special street escape. If, that, if they happen to get put in a headlock in the parking lot, there's no different kind of escape for it. There's still the same best practices. So that training, that alive training translates into all the different environments. And so... Somebody wants to work to be in fight in a cage and try that there, you know, we have a process for that. We can build them up for that. But most people just want to enjoy jujitsu, train. And by the time they've been here two or three years, they're usually at a point where, you know, if it, things did become physical, most of them are more than prepared to be able to defend themselves, you know, against a violent criminal attacker. Love it. Lo love the, the mythology behind that. That definitely, uh, you said the gift of violence, correct? Yeah, gift of violence. It'll be out April 11th by Pitchstone Press. When anybody comes to any of my social media sites or any links that you put up there, they'll be able to work their way to it from there. It's, you can also pre-order it right now on Amazon. Awesome. Definitely going to have to uh, add that to my readings. I love, I love a good 
uh, especially something that's, you know, skillful like that one, you know, mentally skillful. So I uh, appreciate sharing that. Yeah, thank so, you. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Um, so with that, you, you know, you've done some big things and some great things and you've been in the industry for a while now. So, you know, going into, you know, let's say the business side of things now, what's kind of like, you know, I, I hate to use the term, but like, like now with you being so established, what's like the big, let's say like the end picture, like what, what's, you know, is it, are you done opening gyms? Do you want to open more? Do you want to uh, add on to what you're currently doing, you know, kind of walk, you know, the listeners through like, what's, what's the next steps for you? Well, yeah, I'm in the process of opening up a second location as we speak. So Portland, Oregon is right on the cusp of uh, the Washington, Oregon line. And just across the river from us is uh, Vancouver, Washington. So we're opening up a second location there. I think we've reached capacity here in Portland. Um, and we still have new gyms opening. And these days, most of our new locations come from people who, you know, our own black belts at various locations around the world will have students that train and get to the level of brown belt or black belt. They want to open up their own school. We have a process for helping them do that. And so most of the coaches that um, most of our new locations are students that have been training with us now for decades. And that just kind of grows and continues to grow organically. It doesn't really require any planning on my part. Um, so that's how it's it's personally growing. Um, my own personal goals, I just want to keep, you know, I love what we do here in Portland. I want to keep this gym thriving. I want to open up the second one in Washington and then continue to write and always be involved. You know, I plan on being on the mat until I die and, you know, in eight, hopefully in my 90s. So my kids, it's a family gym. My brother um, manages here. My wife teaches. My son teaches here. My kids are training. So you know, it's uh, it's something the whole family's involved in and and does. Um, for future, you know, I'm probably going to just continue doing that, continue being a part of the lives of my students, um, and and more writing probably than I've done in years past. Yeah, no, uh, you you touched on the family part. I love that. I was listening to another podcast where, you know, it's it's one of those things where like if you have a family outside of the business and it's taking the time away from the business versus if the business is the family and everybody's involved, it kind of makes it for almost like a, a dream come true. And you have, you know, like you said, your whole family is involved in one way or another. And, you know, you kind of get to enjoy what you've built with everyone that you love and everyone around you supporting you. So uh, I, that's amazing. I, uh, you know, that's a, a big, a big goal and aspiration for, I feel like a lot of people out there. So definitely doable. Yes. Um, so yeah, second location, you know, kind of where, where are you in the next steps with, you know, that process? Uh, we're just working on, on confirming the property. And, um, uh, if things go as planned, we'll probably be open early spring of next year. So I would suspect March, maybe March, April. And, um, again, people can look, look me up if they're interested in signing up there and, uh, we can, we can get them directed in that location. Yeah. Awesome. So you, you would say that, you know, like there's like franchises and stuff like that. Would you say that each of your locations are quote unquote, a franchise of the original concept and you kind of oversee that or how, do, how, do, how does that break down? How does that work with your style? Yeah, we have different levels of um, 
participation. So you, in some locations, you'll have somebody that just has a training group for jujitsu, right? They might be teaching out of a, out of a health club studio or somewhere like that. They might have 20 students. We have little places like that around the world. Then we have full-time gyms, big commercial locations. Uh, some of them focus primarily on just Brazilian jiu-jitsu and others focus more on MMA. And then we have some gyms like my gym that are you know real big and have programs for all of it. So they'll usually have some kind of boxing or kickboxing program, Brazilian jiu-jitsu program, and an MMA track. So it really depends on, on the location. But we have, you know, like I said, probably about 20 gyms that are equivalent 500 members or more like mine that cater to all of it. And then when people sign up, you know, we, like I said, we interview them, we, we ask them what they're interested in, we help them along that path. And or, or as the time passes, they can kind of move around and decide where they want to go. I think most of our members primarily focus on Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but you know, we, we do have students that just do kickboxing. And I have our MMA comp team where they're primarily focused on on just fighting at the moment, but even with them, you know, I want them to be lifetime martial artists. And so even if they're fighting professional or amateur, I want them to keep coming back to class. We haven't put the gi on and train the art of jujitsu as well. Awesome. And instilling all the, uh, the skill behind it and, you know, allowing them to decide, you know, where they fit best or where they want to be. Right. With, um, you know, your experiences, you know, opening all the different gyms and stuff like that, you know, what, you know, for, for maybe a, a gym owner out there that wants to, you know, maybe be as big as what your, your operation is and things like that, you know, what is some of the favorite parts of the journey that you've encountered and maybe some parts that aren't so joyous? You know, I really, I enjoy just about everything and what we do. I enjoy teaching a lot. Um, that's probably the thing I enjoy the most, but I also enjoy the business side of it, being able to see it grow and focus on, you know, growing our member base. I think the first thing is you just have to have a good product. So you have to be, you know, if you're a good instructor and you have a good curriculum and you, you teaching is a skill like anything else. So you can be very good at Brazilian jiu-jitsu as a competitor, for example, but be a really terrible teacher. And you can have somebody else who's really gifted at teaching, but maybe doesn't have that much of a background in competition. And so it's a it's an art and a skill in and of itself that has to be treated that way. So all of our coaches in SBG go through a training program. Um, and anybody that's been on the mat has gone through that training program, regardless of what belt level they are. They could be a black belt, but they still have to go through the instructor coaching program multiple levels and then they shadow another instructor for at least 100 classes before they're allowed on the schedule so the first thing is you just have to have a very good product you have to be very good at teaching and have a good curriculum now assuming you have that then you also have to treat martial arts like a business and like any business there's best practices for how you handle the phone and how you handle your billing agreements and all that kind of stuff materials. So all in SBG, we have a business group and all the gym owners are part of it. We get together at least twice a year and we have meetings, all day meetings where people get together and they share their information. And if they found something that works good for them, then they share it with everybody else. We kind of learn from each other that way. That's been going on for quite a while. So we've, I think we've reached a point where we really do have good um, standard operating procedure for everybody else. But 
for somebody that was just starting brand new, I would say, you know, number one, make sure you have a good product and you're a good teacher. Make sure your facility is very clean. You know, the bathrooms are clean. The mats are cleaned regularly. Everything looks clean and professional. That's super important. And, um, and then start to focus a little bit on the business. Like how should you answer the phone? Should you have the phone go to voicemail or should you have it go to an answering service? Uh, what is the point of a phone call? How do you handle your appointments when they come in? All those kinds of things. And, and once you have the systems for all those things and every single aspect of that has best practices, then you have to track your numbers. You know, how many people called you this week? Out of those people that called you, how many set appointments? Out of those appointments, how many showed up? Out of those that showed up, how many signed up? Out of those that signed up, how long have they stayed? You know, those numbers you should have at your fingertips if you're a serious gym owner. And, and uh, if you don't have those numbers, or you don't track those numbers, or you think you've got it because you're starting out and you're kind of small and you've got it all in your head and that's fine, it's not going to work. You know, you really have to put put the time in to, to focus on those things. They're, all of them are simple and uh, anybody can learn how to do it. But um, time after time, I see coaches who who skip those steps or don't pay attention to those steps. And then they get a gym. I think anybody that's a good teacher and keeps a clean facility, you know, you can, you can start a place up and probably get 80 or 90 students, but then you'll reach a point where that's kind of where you're stuck and you can't get, you can't grow past that. And to grow past that, you really do have to have best practices. Spoken like a very, very true successful person at that. Um, but it, it all scales back down to the basics. Yeah. It's always about the fundamentals, whether it's fighting or business. Absolutely. And you can, you know, almost always intertwine those because if you don't have the basic fundamentals of the, the you know, what you're doing, whether it's business or, you know, how to throw a jab or, you know, whatever, whatever the case is, you're, you're not going to be, you, you'll, you'll have some level of success, but at some point, like you said, it's going to fizzle out. You're going to be at a point where like, oh, sh like, you know, maybe I should have researched and done a little more digging and learned before I jumped right in for sure uh so piggybacking off of that you know with everything that's going on now would you is there any if you were to step back at your whole operation you know and look and pinpoint you know like where is there something that's not up to my standards my par what if you had to look back and you know look at something if there is something you know, usually there's always at least one thing, but what would that be? Where in your business currently, you know, maybe you're like, ah, you know, like this can always be a little bit better. This is good, you know, but what's, what's that one thing? Well, there's always pretty much always everything can be a little bit better, you know? So uh, I meticulously track our numbers for the, for the gym. And then we look at those numbers on a regular basis. And when I see, one of those numbers, we know what the averages should be, what a good percentage is, you know, how many people should sign up, how many, how many appointments should be set, that kind of thing. We have best practices for that, numbers across the board that all the gyms share. We have very good percentages for that. So when we're not meeting a percentage in one particular area, then I know that's where we need work. And that's part of why it's so important to track your numbers, because you won't be able to um, diagnose specifically exactly what the problem is in your business. You might think you do, but you're not going to be, be able to do it if you don't have those numbers. So when we have those numbers and then we go back and retrain the people and, and work with people when any of those things are off, right? So maybe 
we received quite a few leads, but we didn't set that many appointments in a particular time frame. Out of 100 calls, maybe we only set 50 appointments, whatever it is. And that doesn't meet, we know that doesn't meet our, our numbers, that the percentage should be higher. Then I know it's time to go back and retrain people that we have on the phone or put somebody else on the phone. So that's how you kind of tell what, what, uh, what's working and what's not working. Everything can always get better. So, you know, I'm even with, I've been teaching 30 years and every time I teach a class, you know, I, when I return to that subject matter again, I know I can do it better the next time. So I'm always trying to improve um, everything we do. But as far as specific improvements, to be able to do that, it's very important to, you know, me managing those numbers and be able to know what they should be. You know, a lot, if you don't know, if you get a certain amount of calls, how many of those calls should turn into appointments? Like if you don't know the number, if you don't know what that percentage is, you need to find out. Get with people who have best practices for that, find out what that percentage is, and then figure out how you achieve that. Like what is it you have to say on the phone or not say on the phone to get those numbers back up so that you're getting people in the door. At the end of the day, I know what we're doing here is good for people. I know that anybody that walks through our door is going to have a positive experience. My coaches are kind, caring people. They're here to help everybody. And um, so I know the experience is going to be beneficial for them. So our goal is to try and get as many people in here as possible, because that means we can help as many people as possible. Yeah. And, you know, the the best thing about it is if you're, you're getting more people in, you're helping more people, not only are you changing more lives, but, you know, in a roundabout way, you're also changing your pocket, but yeah. for the right reasons. Right. Love it. Um, so with the leads and the member base and everything, you know, what types of marketing things do you do with, you know, your straight blast gyms? Uh, we use all kinds of marketing. Marketing is super important. That's one of the areas where I think a lot of business owners fail. They don't focus on marketing or they don't have the appropriate budget. Realistically, these days, most of the gyms, myself included, the majority of our marketing budget is going to go to the internet. So it's going to be going, uh, unfortunately, to Google. I mean, that's where it has to go. But there's also, um, you know, Yahoo and Bing and YouTube and, you know, even um uh, TikTok, there's all kinds of different platforms that you can be marketing on. But I think the majority of the marketing budget for most of the locations goes to Google and making sure that you're on that first page. Um, and so that's what we do at the gym. And we're always working for both organic rankings and um, regular um, advertisements and getting our bids down. We use AI. We use a company that uses AI to do all of our online bidding and that works really well. So I, the algorithm is constantly working to make sure we're spending as little as possible to get as much as possible. Yeah. The base return of investment is, you know, obviously huge for every gym owner because, you know, the more you spend, you, you want to get the more return. Yeah. Yeah. With the, you know, the AIs and the chat GPTs and all that stuff, you know, it's, it's just insane. Like what, what has come about in the last two years and, you know, the automated scripts and, you know, just all the other things that go on with it. Yeah. A um, couple last pieces to touch on here. You know, we talked, you know, a little bit about marketing, you know, the paid advertising, you know, the different tips and tricks, you know, with you being such a community and a family base, you know, what does retention look like? You know, what's the average lifespan of, you know, one of your members or your students will say, we have an attrition rate that's less than 5%. So it varies between two to 4% every month. So, I mean, if I have a hundred people, 
in the gym, I'm going to lose two to four. And that's, that's the average. So, you know, you can run the numbers on that. We have 700 and some odd students, um, you know, and usually we're never losing more than about 2% in any given month. We have to make sure we sign up that 2%. <clears throat> and I'm always, I always want to know why people leave and why they quit. We have an interview process when they go out to constantly be focused on that. But there's just life, you know, people end up moving and getting a different job in a different town. And most, most of the people that we have leave, actually, that's the reason is they're actually moving out of town. Or sometimes, you know, somebody gets in a car accident or they have a baby or something and just life changes and they have to. So that kind of attrition is always going to be there in this business. But you want to keep that number to a minimum. I've seen some locations where they don't track the attrition rate, first of all, but if they if they do, then they find out it's like, you know, 20, 30, 40%, which is then you're just on a treadmill because you've got to sign up, you know, that many people every month. Otherwise, you're actually losing ground as opposed to gaining ground. And I think a lot of locations in this business wind up doing that. And part of why they do that is because they're they're not focused on the teaching process. They don't have a good system. And, you know, they put people into an environment where it's kind of like dog eat dog and the attrition rate then gets very high. And that's unnecessary. And, you know, it's not even good for the fighters having a more intelligent program where you build people up as opposed to weeding people out. And at the end of the day, that produces better combat athletes as well, but it also dramatically reduces your uh, the, your drop off. So I think, you know, having good, good practices on the mat is very important. Agreed. Is, you know, the, if you, you know, I, I joke around and I always say, you know, if you build it, they will come. Well, if you build the education and the knowledge and, you know, the, the, the programming to, to the specific or the way that, you know, makes sense for most, then, you know, that they will come and they're going to have a great time. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, all those have been great things. Um, you know, uh, big, big picture, you know, uh, or not big, big picture, big question. And if you were to fast forward 10 years, if you took where you are right now, and let's say 10 years from now, you were in the exact same place, would you be satisfied with that outcome? Or would you want to see something different? Uh, yeah, I'm in a pretty good place, to be honest. You know, I I spend a, a huge amount of time with my family and my kids. I'm not stuck at work. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not somebody that's at the office even 40 hours a week, you know, probably not even 20. So, you know, my number one goal in life is to spend as much time with my wife and children as possible. So I, I'm winning at that. Uh, being able to have the kind of lifestyle you know, where I can support them and we can, you know, live a life without having to worry about getting the bills paid is super important. So I'm, I'm doing that. So everything after that is a bonus. In a couple of years, I'd like to see our second location thriving and um, beyond that, you know, you know, I'm perfectly happy to keep going. I might write a second book. I want to see this book that's coming out April 11th be successful because I want as many people as possible to get that information. But honestly, I feel um, very fortunate to be where I am now. So, you know, if I'm exactly where I am right now, 10 years from now, I'll be perfectly happy. Awesome. Love that. And, you know, I, uh, you know, having a six-year-old son, you know, it's like, you know, when you uh, get into like the, the 
the parenting hood, it's it, everything changes the whole outlook, your demeanor, your dynamic, you know, I, I've definitely seen that shift, you know, it's only been six years and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost like new life in a way, yeah, but for sure. It, uh, you know, love the answer. Love all that. Um, last two things before we part our ways here, um, Matt is you're full of wisdom. You're full of knowledge. You have a ton of skill sets, you know, from, you know, military to the jiu-jitsu to everything that's went on for somebody that wants to start somewhere you know be their own empire be their own boss what words of wisdom or advice would you give them you know i would tell them to to be smart to use your head and um, every business every type of business has best practices you know find find the people who are already successful in the kind of business you want to run and own talk to them and learn and be coachable and learn how they how they've done what they've done and most people who are successful business owners are usually very open with the knowledge even if it's a competitor because you know most entrepreneurs like to see other people be successful as well find those practices and then implement you now it's really just a question of that of those two things you know you have people who are willing to work really hard but they don't have the right information and then that can really you can hit a brick wall with that. And then you have other people that might have all the right information, but they don't implement. And again, you hit a, hit a brick wall with that. But when you combine those two things, when you have the right information and you're willing and able to implement, you get out there every day and get on your own to-do list and make things happen. It's pretty hard not to be successful, to be honest with you. No, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, I've heard many different answers and a lot of it, you know, some people talk about passion some people talk about, you know, just start, you know, they always say, if you don't take a step forward, you're always in the same place. You know, if, uh, if you have a plan, awesome, run with it. You're going to deviate from that plan at some point. If you don't have a plan, you're going to get a plan along the way. So there's really never truly a right or wrong way, unless you don't start. Cool. Uh, well, last thing, Matt is, for all the listeners out there in all of your locations, you know, whether you're here in the, the Americas or if you're in different countries, you know, how can somebody reach straight blast gyms, you know, social media websites, you know, give a shout out for all of your facilities. Sure. I appreciate that. So straightblastgym.com, all one word, straightblastgym.com. That has the organization as a whole and all of our affiliate locations, especially all the bigger ones are listed there. So they can find my gym there. They can find the other locations I also have my personal website, which is mattthornton.org, which we're working on. And then um, you can pre-order The Gift of Violence on Amazon right now as we speak. Just look up The Gift of Violence, Matt Thornton. And uh, yeah, and they can reach me. My personal email and phone number and everything is located on all those websites. So if they look me up there, they'll be able to find me. You can get to my Twitter from my mattthornton.org page as well. Awesome. Love it. Um... It's been a real pleasure talking to you today, you know, and I think for everybody out there too, with somebody of, you know, your um, expertise and, you know, all the things that you've done, especially in the industry and, you know, the things that you teach, I think it goes a long way. And so for anybody out there listening, if you're, you know, buy one of the straight blessed gyms or, you know, even, uh, you know, a more specialized local one, check them out, check out everything that they're doing. They got a lot of great things going on, you know, good community, good family-based um, facility. So if you're in the area, check them out. 
And with that being said, if this story inspired you or if something about this business model or thing inspired you to come on our show and talk about what your experiences are, we'd love to have you. So click on the link below, fill out all of your information. We'll be in touch. But until then, that's a wrap from this Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords, out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.